Hello everyone, I'm Alex and I'm here with my husband Shane and we are so glad that you could join us for happy hour for this Family Tree Podcast episode 182 and I want to give a big welcome to Shaney Boy back this week. I did a solo last week and you're here with a brand new midsection. Yeah, I got uh, not an umbilical plasty, which is what I actually <laughs> wanted because I do want a perfect belly button. Uh, for people who don't know, I've been unblessed with a terrible Audi hernia-filled belly button, which looks very disgusting. So I had a, uh, what is it called? Uh, a hernia a surgery. Hernia. Ooh, Umbilical hernia. Yeah, I had that surgery. Before you had your hernia, did you have a normal-looking belly button? No, I've never had a normal-looking one. Uh, I think everyone who has an Audi has some form of hernia, umbilical hernia. That's my limited research I learned. But I I also have a fear of belly buttons. It's called like omphalophobia yeah, or something one. like that. And I, it's been I've been humiliated about it my whole life. I've been uncomfortable with fabrics touching my belly button my whole life. And <laughs> wait, do certain fabrics bother your belly button more than other fabrics? That's why I only wear com very comfortable kittenace t-shirts mm. because they're this special fabric that doesn't bother me that much. But wool, obviously, I hate. Uh, polyester mixes that aren't soft really bother me. I can get itchy down there but i can't touch my belly button if i go near it i break out into a panic jesus okay so i knew this i remember the first time you told me about this that you had a fear of belly buttons it was like very you know one of our first couple dates because i think i was like you know rub, running my Rubbing hand on your chest my or whatever button, my chest. <laughs> no like this like laying laying next to you and uh then i kind of went down that way and you were like Ooh. oh my god Heartbeats too. You can't put your hand near my heart. Belly button is number one fear. Heartbeat, not good oh, for me. I learned that first date. I I have to if I'm like cuddling into Shane, I have to keep my head on your right side, not your left side. Because if I'm on your left side, you'll push me over on your shoulder. But then if I'm on the right side, I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. Do you know? I know you've been doing so much belly button research, right? Yeah. I don't know much about hernias other than what you've kind of told me i know my dad had one but i didn't know much about it um is it like kind of a hereditary thing like are some people predisposed to yeah. hernias genetic a lot. your dad had one yeah and it essentially is your guts coming out of your body like mm -hmm. there's like a hole in the lining and guts are coming out and it's just thinking about that is disgusting so the thought alone can make you want to have a hernia surgery if you have any part of your gut sticking out of your belly button. So I wasn't in pain, but I was in discomfort mm -hmm. and constant thought about it. And I could have potentially lived my whole life without getting the surgery. But you could also get something called strangulation, which could kill you. And that's when all of your guts get tied together mm -hmm. and it cuts off, I don't know, your blood supply or oxygen, something. It cuts off something. And you could just die. And if you're on vacation when this happens, you're going to some Mexican <laughs> hospital getting a umbilical hernia, life-saving procedure, something, that's probably not good. No, that's, it's a terrifying thought. But it's like, it's funny, right? Because I think about your hernia. And then my only other experience with hernia was my dad's hernia. And my dad has zero fear and zero thought about any of these things. So he 
show us the hernia and be like, yeah, it's just, you know, my insides poking out. He's like, I just push him back in. And he'd be like, you want to push him back in? And he'd let other people push them back in <laughs> to feel the squishiness. Yeah. And uh, it's just, it's a bizarre thing. And it's bizarre what we can individually find like freaky or gross and like it's just not even fathomable. Like you would never be able to let somebody even touch your, what's going to be, I assume, perfect belly button. I don't think Weird. it's going to be perfect. If you look at it right now, you would never think one day that's going to be a perfect belly button. However, the doctor told me it's going to be an innie somehow. How? How is it going to be an innie? Because it's still so gross looking. No, I changed your dressing today. And honestly, it looked okay. And it looks like mine. Hmm. Okay. Well, I, I'd be happy if that happened. I can't imagine it, but especially like I'm trying to shoot a TV show in the future where I have to wear a tank top at all times. <laughs> That's all I'll say. <laughs> so I'm really hoping if not, I might have to get like a fake, um, a like fake ab, belly button. <laughs> not a fake belly button, like a fake stomach with like abs. Well, guys in this future TV show world can't have had hernia surgeries. It's just distracting. I'm sure they can. Guys can have anything. Shane, we're going to throw vitamin E on it. It's mm -hmm. going to be fine. Scars fade. Yeah, it's true. Microneedling. You can microneedle that. That's the, No, I, I can't do that. I honestly can't. Really? No. Okay, so how are you? Because I, I have some questions about the hospital stay. Because I spoke a lot last week when I did my solo about you in this hospital, the kind of care you were getting, and how it just seemed amazing. Obviously, I know that you were in a lot of pain and whatnot, but... In regards to the care, like, how were you dealing when, you know, your doctors and your nurses were changing dressings and looking at it and things? Like, you were you were in pain. You don't want to wince because then you don't want to get their hand in yeah. there. As long as they don't touch, like, the navel area, I'm fine. So mm -hmm. they can go around it. But, yeah, how did you feel knowing that I was essentially doing what a lot of women claim to be their fantasy, which is, what's this called again? What, the hospital fantasy? Yeah. What, is it just called the hospital I fantasy? I think so. Because you had written posts about this yes. much before I'd ever even thought about being in your exact fantasy, which is a prolonged hospital stay with a very mild surgery. And, you know, it's so you have the excuse. You're not burdened with guilt or shame from being away from your family. And that's exactly what I have. I was away for four days, four nights, away from my family playing Game Boy. I could read books. <laughs> uh, they have five-star chefs at Shoaldice. So the meals, it was unbelievable. What was the best thing you ate? Okay. There was I'm living vicariously through was, this fantasy, um, I gotta say. What, it was, they had like a Chinese food night where it was like homemade spare, was spare ribs, but Ooh. they didn't have the bone in it. It was like a tangy sauce. Oh, yummy. I'm probably describing it wrong if the chef is listening. <laughs> <laughs> but it was so delicious and then they had a fried chicken with gravy on top like this special like chicken gravy and it was just so so good all the desserts were good the best dessert was oh it was a peach fudge butter what? tart what yeah and we were like because we thought they were offering us, like me and my all my hernia buddies, <laughs> we thought they were offering us three different desserts. Like, oh, would you like peach, a uh, fudge, or a butter tart? And we were like, hmm. They're like, no, it's that this is the dessert. We're telling you what do you want this one dessert, which is a peach fudge butter tart, <laughs> and it's it tastes exactly like fudge. Because in my mind, fudge is always just dark chocolate. Yeah. Like when you get fudge on a Sunday, it's just chocolate. But this was like fudge like you get niagara falls like fudge yeah 
and it was like butter tarty and peachy and it was so good that's nuts so shane it's funny because you listing off all these things like you know you go guilt-free because it's a surgery but it's a mild surgery great cooking i get to read and game boy and we had mini golf too and pool out and there's that tennis tournament going on so there's a lot of people who are into tennis and they'd watch i didn't know there was mini golf yeah so what i was talking about last week shane on the last podcast was the fact that you know i had my hospital fantasy and i've had it for five years since i had lucy except i didn't even know the hospital fantasy could be this good like i didn't know it could get this fancy in canada and do you know what really made it good what my room is you know this but my room is supposed to be (laughs) semi-private which means I have a guy in the room with mm-hmm. me, which that can be uncomfortable for sleeping, especially like it's harder to sleep when you've had an umbilical surgery because you can't sleep on your side and going to the washroom can be it's awkward. Pooping is room. the weirdest. Yes. And a, a bunch of stuff when you, when you want to be in your room alone or mm-hmm. do anything. I had no roommate because my guy canceled. So it was like the best. <laughs> <laughs> No, it it must have been. And honestly, I was thinking about it. Like, you know, I'd do the day with the kids. I'd finally get in bed at like nine o'clock at night. And then I'd be too tired to do anything. So I'd lay in bed for 10 minutes. And I'd be like, Shane's been hanging out on the gay, the gay boy, the game boy. <laughs> I said I had no roommate. <laughs> and, uh, and being getting fed and like literally nursed back to health. And... I'm like exhausted, you know, my hair is getting pulled out by the kids. I'm just hanging on by a thread. And I was uh, jealous. Yeah. Yeah, I was in pain. So let's talk about some negatives. I was in pain. (laughs) Some of the people, like the other patients, were a little weird. And it was hard to create conversation with some of them. And sometimes you'd be at a bad table. Did you have, did you make any friends that you would consider talking to in your post-surgery life? Honestly, no. Really? They were a lot of like some of them were acceptable for what it was. And they'd be like, okay, for if I had to be friends with these people in this situation, I'll be friends with them. But, you know, I'm weird, too. So I'm slagging myself here, too. They'd probably say, wow, that Shane isn't (laughs) as personable as he should be. But, you know, there was people talking about like, oh, I got to buy a gun on my way home is my my treat. (laughs) And a lot of people. Sorry, my hernia treat is a gun. That's what he's saying. He's saying hilarious. He had to go to the bass fish and shop or something. Oh, bass pro fish. Yeah, bass pro shop. Yeah. And he's like, "I'm going to convince my wife to let me get another gun." Another. On the surface, it seems like this is a gun conversation, but any (laughs) gun conversation is not a gun conversation. It is a right-wing agenda to Mm -hmm. get into a conversation about politics. It's also a way to dip your toe in and test your fellow table mates, to see what they say. So since he brought up gun, my expectation, his expectation of seeing me, which would be a person with some tattoos and might be in the arts, or maybe I'm not, but he's testing me and he wants me to say, guns, you know, but I just go, oh yeah, what's your gun like? And I, <laughs> what's your gun like? <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry. What a better way to tell if somebody's Faking being into guns than saying, oh, what's your gun like? Because he had a gun collection. So, but I was really showing that I knew nothing about guns, but I had an interest. So I'd be like, oh, um, how many bullets can that take? And they'd be like, well, since Trudeau changed this law, not too many, but I popped out a spring and now it can be fully loaded. And, And 
And then they start talking about how liberals have ruined the country. And I'm like, yep. You know, because I'm not, I'm, you can't get me in an argument. I'm yeah. not getting in a political argument. You could say anything. I'd be like, yep. It sounds like, too, like, is he looking for a way to get in an argument and, like, burst his newly, you know, ripped open stomach and, like, burst a hernia? Like, these guys, I just picture, like, a bunch of old men who are just all, like, red-faced and get purple and angry when they talk about the things they feel passionate about. This guy was actually very nice, except you could tell he wanted to get into a thing about that. Other than that, he was kind of mild-mannered and Mm. and laughy. But yeah, I, and but he was with another guy who was like juiced up, like really big muscles. And that guy loved his guns. And he was talking about like, if somebody breaks into your house, how, how Canada is so weak. You have to give a warning shot before you blow the guy away. So he's like, what I do is somebody breaks in. I just shoot one quick into the floor. And then <laughs> and then uh, then you, you smoke the guy without so wait, even giving a real warning shot. Wait, this is his plan or this is what he has done? That's his plan. Like hypothetically speaking, yeah. if a guy comes in with a knife, rather than be like, I'm going to shoot you and shoot to the sky, he just gets the warning shot right out of the way. And then boom, he can kill the guy and not get like do life in prison for murder. It is wild that I don't, I don't think of Canada as a place with guns and with these mm-hmm. issues, but I know obviously they're here. Like I've seen one oh, yeah. on the street, like somebody, like there was like a gang shooting. It was really scary, but it, it's nuts. So you, wait, you saw a gun shooting on the street just walking around? Yes. It was, it was maybe uh, the year you and I did the music video in 2012. It was around that time. And I was at the Casbah. It was 2 a.m. Bar was closing. We were like the last people leaving, me and my cousin. And Brody, the guy who owns it, like we're leaving. And then two cars, there's no cars on the street. And then right on Queen Street, two cars come screeching to a halt. Okay. One guy gets out of the car with a gun Mm -hmm. and goes to like fire it over the hood to the other car but as he's bringing his hand up with the gun the gun goes like he's got butterfingers like how embarrassing and the gun goes flying out onto the street so then they both drive away like speed away and then everybody gets back in the bar brody locks us in we're all hiding behind the bar because we don't know if somebody's gonna like you know what i mean wow i didn't know that it was really scary so then like i'm assuming either one of those guys came back for the gun or cops like i don't know that was very terrifying we stayed in the bar for another hour after that you think you'd bring this up to your husband at some like, you know, momentary lapse in conversation. I think I have. But Shane, it's funny. So like you guys are doing all this, right? You're having a grand old time playing putt-putt and pool, eating peach fudge butter tart things. Amazing time. Like sure, you got your stomach cut open and the layers of muscle delicately sewn back together. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, I'm sleeping beside a 12-inch, you know, kitchen knife. Oh. (laughs) I was like, who came over while I was gone? <laughs> that would have been a, I think that would have equalized I got our a 12-inch anaconda beside me. <laughs> but don't you think? What? That would have equalized our nice times a little bit. What? Say what you want to say. I'm what? joking. But no, oh. I was sleeping beside a 12-inch knife. Kitchen knife. Okay, for protection. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the 12-inch anaconda could have been for protection too. Alex, can you just let a joke come and go without... Um, Wait, now I'm ruining it. Too. Oh no. It's hard to explain. It's funny. Anytime inches are mentioned, like in any conversation, someone will have a penis joke. 
or you they don't even have to say the joke. You're just gonna look if there's a group of two people or five people or whatever, you just look at somebody and somebody is like going like yeah. and just wants to burst out laughing or wants to say it. Yeah, anytime inches are mentioned, there's always like a moon and then it's like <laughs> Do you ever grow out of that? What age do you grow out of like naughty jokes like that? I I don't know, but definitely I haven't. Like, and I'm I'm the first to that when that door opens, take it. All right, but Shane, you are home. It feels nice to have you back. Um, the kids are really excited that you're back. They were really missing you when you were gone. Who missed me more? Mm, honestly, it was like a frenzy. Whenever you were brought up, both kids would just start asking about you a lot and they really wanted to know what was going on with you. So we were looking at pictures of lots of different hernias like every single night. It was really gross and I wanted to get out of that, but they always want to see them. And then Lucy, one night when Betty went to bed, Lucy goes, mommy, I want to see what it looks like inside the tummy. And I was mm. like, Lucy, we're not, we're not looking that up. So then she was like, no, I need to see it. I want to know what's going on. So I was like, okay, yeah, scientific. So then I tried to find like an illustration and then she got mad at me and it ended with her crying because she was mad at me that I wouldn't show her like a real life photograph of somebody with their stomach cut open. Yeah, that's pretty gross. Is that worrisome? Or is uh, she just like have a beautiful science mind? Oh, I don't I don't think neither. <laughs> just because you want to see some gross stuff. <laughs> Oh, man, but it is nice to have you back, babe, and I'm glad to see that you're doing okay. And we had a really good conversation last night, um, you know, now that you're back, beginning of the school year. It mm -hmm. always feels like the start of a new year, like this is the New Year's Day, you know, kind yeah, of the beginning I of the school year. Yeah, I consider September, like after the day after Labor Day, I consider that the beginning of a new year. Yeah. Always it, have. 100%. It feels fresh, and it feels like this is – and I like starting this as we go into fall, like everything's kind of brisk and it's just a good time for change. But we are talking about just getting things in order. I threw away like 30 pieces of clothing today. I feel on top That's of the it? world. Well, 30 pieces today, but over the last six months or so, I've gotten rid of so many. And I started working out my triceps, babe. Mm -hmm. I'm a new woman. No, that's good. Your arms look good. Thank you. I'm trying to get strong. But Shane, with this, what do you say we get in the mailbag segment? <laughs> with this Segway master okay but before we do that let's let everyone know who we are supported by we are supported by true earth and if you listen to our podcast you know that Shane and I are on an ongoing mission to reduce our environmental footprints in ways that make sense for our life so one way that we're doing this is by eliminating single-use plastics in our household and it has been going so well but we started small. We chose one thing in our house to say, okay, you know, let's start here. And that was, oddly, plastic laundry detergent jugs. Yeah, because we thought they were being recycled, but then we found out very few plastic jugs get recycled. Yeah, so we switched to True Earth laundry detergent. They come in these, you know, easy to rip soluble strips that you simply tear apart, toss in the washer. It is so easy. It's so fun to rip. It is. And the best part is that there's no plastic. And because the packaging is so compact, it has like without a word of a lie or without um, what is the thing that where you stretch word. the truth? Whatever. No word of a lie. That, Hyperbolizing it. That's it, it. It has changed our laundry room. Yes. Like how it looks. It's just so much less junky. And I have 
so many shelves available now. I didn't think that was possible. Oh yeah, before I uh, I didn't know where to put my keys. Now, <laughs> now put them in the laundry room shelf. No, but everything's in there now. I have the I tools in there. I have the old gift bags in there. Like I have so much room for storage. The list goes on. Anyway, you guys are gonna love it. We usually go for the baby detergent because it's fragrance free, gentle on everybody's skin, and so tough on dirt. Clothes come out smelling great, clean. What flavor do I like? Oh, you like the lilac, lilac breeze. breeze. Yeah, you like what? the like the the premium lilac Can, breeze. Do one. you call it a flavor? No, a scent. A scent. Because flavor would mean tasting. Unless you're doing that, you know, while I'd washing the sheets. I'd rather not say. <laughs> so check out True Earth Detergent at True.Earth and use the promo code ThisFamilyTree10 to get 10% off your order, and that will go to 10% off a one-time order or like even a year-long subscription. That is huge opportunity for saving. So again, that is True.Earth and This Family Tree 10 But we are also supported by... Mini Miosh. Mini Miosh is a premium, organic, ethically made, and sustainable kids and babies clothing company founded and created in Toronto. And they believe in quality over quantity. And they make, like I'm, I'm telling you, the best basics that you can get for your clothes. I was looking at photographs with Betty tonight at bedtime, actually. It was really cute. And all of the sweetest pictures that would come up, the kids just happened to be wearing their mini miosh in them. And everything is just like neutral. It's flowy. The kids love it because it's all so comfortable. Yeah, it's it's timeless too. Oh my god. And you can pass them down from kid to kid. I mean, the stuff is just such great quality. Everything that Lucy wore, Betty has now is she's wearing or she's already gone through and we've already given half the stuff to other people we know. But honestly, quality schmolity, it's just easy to put on the kids. And that's what uh, as a young dad, that's what I liked. <laughs> just no, you're not messing around with a bunch of stuff. It was just can I get it on easily? Is it comfortable? It is it's just what I wanted as a young dad. I hear you, young. And young, uh, hot dad. <laughs> their organic cotton fabrics are knit and dyed locally using GOTS certified organic cotton and low impact non-toxic dyes. Where's locally? What if like you're listening? Toronto. Yeah, but if you're listening to this in Africa. Well, I said that they're from Toronto. So oh, they're local okay. to Toronto, I gotcha. think, right? Gotcha. Uh, you just gotta have good ears. But they now have a women's collection too, which Shane and I were begging for for a long time. He was begging for a men's collection. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It wouldn't make sense. <laughs> we were just begging for adult clothes, but they did. I just they... want to see women in mini me. <laughs> but it's really great. Everything is simple. It's made of French terry. It's ethically and sustainably produced like all the mini miosh favorites. But check it out. The company is online at minimiosh.com or minimiosh on Instagram and Facebook. And if you use the promo code thisfamilytree15, you're getting 15% off your order. This is available in Canada and in US and it is one use per customer. One mm, use. Use it wisely. Stack that card up. I would buy an item, for mm. buy a cheap item. See if you like it. And if you do, then buy a lot and get the yeah. 10% off because you could potentially be saving a lot of money. No, it's a good plan, Shane. But check it out, minimiosh.com and This Family Tree 15. All right. And now here we are, the mailbag segment. I am here with the Segway master herself, Ooh. Alexandra Cunningham, who has researched questions. She circled them with a highlighter. <laughs> Apparently, I'm looking at her phone. She's got a highlighter uh, color that she circles things with. And I'm excited to get into this. So what, what's going on? All right. Well, let's do it. Let's start with potty training advice. That's the question. But it's funny because I've had several people ask about this in the last couple of days. And honestly, 
listen to episode 60, this Family Tree podcast. We have Jamie Glowacki, who is like the queen of all things potty training. Do you remember? She's hilarious. Mm -hmm. Remember, she was like making a sphincter with her hands and everything. Yeah. She's amazing. She's animated. She's easy to listen to, full of great tips. But potty training is kind of eluding me right now because Lucy was easy in a sense. Like we potty trained her at two years old. She's a pandemic baby. Well, that's the thing. It was the middle of the pandemic. So we were home. So I did the, you know, one week in the living room where there's naked the whole time. Yeah. After day two, she had zero accidents. And then, you know, over the next three months, I potty trained her at night. And then she was totally nighttime trained at two and a half. And it was incredible. And now with Betty, it's like, give me the time. There is literally no time to potty train this kid. So somebody mentioned to me today that there's something called like the weekend method. Mm -hmm. And I'm just saying, go Google the weekend method because that's what I'm going to do. I haven't looked into it yet. But knowing it exists feels good. And I'm also going to re-listen to this Family Tree podcast episode 60 again. So that'll be helpful. Yeah, Jamie Glowacki. She's the real queen of filth. <laughs> Steph Tolev from Just for Laughs is also the queen of filth. Hilarious comedian goes into her. Uh, the next question. My five-year-old has recently become clingy at kinder drop-offs. Any advice? I'm just going to shoot out three pieces of advice. Shane, if you can think of one, shoot it out after mine. I say, have a routine that you do every day. Reassure them. Give them the love. And lastly, make it quick. The longer that you're standing there with your kid, the longer that they know they're going to continue getting your attention, it's it's just going to keep going on. And I know it hurts, but you just got to like a Band-Aid. I'm, I wonder if a secret handshake could work. Oh, that's cute. That's really cute. And then they know that the handshake signifies, and it's something to look forward to. It can be kind of fun or funny. Mm -hmm. That's cute. You know, it's been pretty heartbreaking right now because Lucy is in her second week of school. Mm -hmm. And she is now feeling confident going in because she's senior kindergarten. But it's pretty heartbreaking seeing all the JKs. Yeah. And there's like way more criers this year than last year. Wow. There are walking into the playground at school start off. It's just a sea of crying kids. But Lucy's confident going in there. Yeah, oh, she I'm feels so good. Happy. Yeah, she feels good. It's nice to see. It's really nice to see. Um, next question. Recently, a gender reveal party went horribly wrong and the plane crashed. Wait, what? Wait, wait, a plane? Hold on. What are your thoughts on extreme gender reveal parties versus simpler ones? Okay. That was my question too. All That's right. a flawed question. That, <laughs> that is implying that you know something. Well, I had to look it up because I knew nothing about this issue. Uh, I looked it up. And a couple of Mexico had hired an airplane. And, like, I've seen these before. You probably have, too, where it's, like, a couple staying there. And then, like, a, you know those little, like, one-person planes? Okay. So it's, like, one of those little one-person planes then flies over the couple and then shoots out all this powder. And it's either blue powder or pink powder. Okay. Right? So there's this couple, this plane comes behind them, and then it shoots out the pink powder, and everybody's going crazy. Then one of the wings falls off or something, the plane crashed, and the pilot died. Really? Was it a boy or a girl? <laughs> well, I just said the pink. No, the, was the pilot a boy Oh, or I don't know. They didn't reveal the gender. <laughs> <laughs> That's awful and funny. Okay, but seriously, it it is bizarre. However... 
I'm, I don't think that the pilot dying and his plane getting crashed had anything to do with the actu- actual gender reveal. And I just think that whatever his, what? the next job he was going to take was going to be the end of him because his plane was clearly not in good shape anymore. Well, I think the gender reveal, it's asking to do an, maybe an unnatural flight path. It's like <laughs> you shoot out in one second, then you deploy all this blue powder. I bet you it had everything to do with that. But it is... It is bizarre. And like, you never hear of these big gender reveals happening and things going like super smooth. But there are tragedies. All Like somebody started all those forest fires. Yeah. Thousands, hundreds of thousands of acres got burned because of a gender reveal well, explosion. You never hear about anything on the news that goes well. So no. it's not going to be like, amazing Mexican gender okay. reveal. Okay. Well, the amount of chaotic and gender reveals ending in death are ridiculous yeah but i would think there's a lot of ridiculous deaths every day from like people making egos <laughs> just sticking forks in the toast yeah, you know there's just a lot but i think yeah gender reveals are hated on because they're considered an unnecessary party or event yeah. whereas <clears throat> making an ego is necessary so it is they're necessary. not made fun of egos have been just one of the most delicious breakfast options for decades. Yet you will not buy Eggos. Well, you will I try have to, buy to buy the healthy ones. Yeah, exactly. They're not that much healthier. Okay, well, they're made with better ingredients. That's what moms tell themselves because the box has a certain grain look. It has a grain. They're made out of buckwheat. Okay. Okay. They're, they're healthy, Shane. Okay. <laughs> Let me have that. But yeah, gender reveal parties. I mean, whatever. If If that makes you feel good, go for it. Let's just pray that nobody dies. Just be dies. safe, yeah. Uh, the next question. Political views. Do you and Shane have the same views, and how do you handle political differences? We we pretty much have the same views on everything, and I if we don't agree on something, it's usually because one person has less of an understanding than the other person, then we just talk it out. And I feel like... You know, when you hear about like people getting divorced over political differences and things, and I, I mm-hmm. totally, I do get that. I really do. Because I would take two people being so staunch in their beliefs and not being able to communicate. But it's like s- people come to such a wall if they see mm-hmm. somebody with opposing political views. And it makes me think of you and your hernia buddy talking about guns, right? It's like people don't want to step into that place where they have conversations with these people. Because you're worried you're going to fight. You're worried whatever. But I think communication is so important. So I would like to think that if you and I disagreed over like a major political thing, we'd be able to talk it out and research it together and like figure it out. What would be a major political thing to not agree on? Like what's a big major one? Well, I think for couples, maybe abortion, women's reproductive rights. So, but like... If you wanted to have an abortion and I didn't want you to have one? Or like if you were voting against abortion or something. Oh, You know what I mean? If you were like, I don't think women should get that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, uh, yeah, I don't know. I I just, I I guess I'm too not caring about what other people think that much. Mm -hmm. And if somebody's wrong in my mind, I'm like, they just had... They just, you know, <laughs> took the wrong path. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I just I just think there's always room for discussion. And people are so opposed to that now. 
because it's it's tough because it's tough to discuss something with somebody who's so shut off to and doesn't have an open mind. I love when people try to rile me up over politics because I can only get riled up over inconsequential things. Like very little things can make me so upset, but big issues do not. <laughs> so sometimes like that guy challenging me with the gun thing. It's like, oh, yeah. You are not. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you're oh, yeah. <laughs> 20 minutes ago, that story you brought up. Oh, yeah. That was good, Sheen. <laughs> like, why are you nostalgic for that story? Stop <laughs> it. Uh, you know the shoulders gun story. You haven't heard it, but uh, when that guy that guy was trying to elicit a reaction, and I love not giving reactions. Mm-hmm. That's the story. That's <laughs> not a classic. Like <laughs> I feel like I get your reactions the most. Like for the inconsequential stuff. Who, we're married. Who do you think I'm going to give it to? Like the janitor at my work? <laughs> Miss the spot. <laughs> like your person you're around the most gets the most vitriol. Imagine that's how you were with the, the custodian at your work. <laughs> Following him around. <laughs> All right. Looking for this piece of garbage. Um. Okay. Next question. Tell me it. Big age gaps resulting in successful relationships. People oh. seem to judge big age gaps, but couples close in age don't necessarily stay together. What age gap in a relationship is most likely to stay together or does age have nothing to do with it? Shane, I researched this. Do you think age has anything to do with it? And if so, what is the most scientifically successful age gap? I would think the most scientific. I think age d- definitely has something to do with things. Because it would have to. And I would think scientifically the most successful age gap is four or five years. Okay. So you are correct in that age gaps definitely have something to do with things. And the bottom line is that the bigger the age gap, the least successful the marriage. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So scientifically, couples with a zero to three year age gap, so same age or one's older by three years, have the most successful relationships. Yeah. And then the next, yeah. And then the next is what, four to six years. And we're right on the cusp. And then seven plus years. And then it was like, once you go over 20 years, it was like the, the percentage of marital dissatisfaction is 95%. My husband's dead. (laughs) (laughs) Darn it. (laughs) I wonder if that eliminates them from the study or or do they they keep the study going after well because they're dissatisfied because their partner's dead of old age yeah it's interesting very so uh (laughs) i want you to follow up with that do you include dead guys okay so um this this could be a heavy topic but we're not i'm not gonna go heavy with it um I'm just going to go stay with the question. But Danny Masterson sentenced 30 years to life. His wife is going to stay with him. Could you do that? And do you think she believes that he actually is innocent? I 100% think that she believes that he's innocent. So she has gone on record saying that she, like, can't accept that he would have done that. She believes that he denies it. Uh, She's surrounded by people. She believes that he denies it? 
<laughs> I know he's denying it. I believe that he denied it. I was in the room and he denied it. But you have to think, right? And it, it's not just her. It's any time something atrocious like this happens and then there's a wife and she didn't, she didn't do anything. It was his things that he did before they got together. But it's like now they have, they have a nine-year-old daughter. The daughter is going to be old enough to know what's going on. So it's like she's thinking of self- Preservation. Preservation. Thank mm-hmm. you. Thinking of preserving who he was to the daughter because she wrote a character witness saying he was a great father, whatever. And that's you're at such a crossroads. That's got to be so hard. And I can't even presume to know how I would think in that position. And I, I just have a lot of sympathy because that is such a terrible like, – it's, it's like a death. Your husband, as you knew him – is dead, is gone, and your family life and what you had is gone. So she's just got to be grieving on so many different levels. Does she wait out the 30 years to see if he gets out? Man, that's a tough question. It's crazy. See, guess what? She also stood by her father, John Mm. Phillips. Right. And he, for those who don't know, so he was in the Mamas and the Papas, he had a 10-year a semi-consensual relationship with his daughter, who is Bijou's half-sister. Was the daughter his blood daughter? Yes. Well, So um, it, it's like, it, now that is heavy, and I don't even want to get into that, because it started off definitely not consensual, and then, but how is that ever consensual? <laughs> so uh, we can't get heavy. we got to okay, keep it do, light. Do you want here. me to follow it up with something different? No, wait, what's the question? Okay. Oh, wait. Do you think how, okay. that she really... Do I think she really believes it? Uh, yeah, I, w- I would think so. She probably has seed of doubt. How, how quick do you think before she gets on Tinder? <laughs> I give it two years. Mm-hmm. What about you? She'd be on Raya, though. <laughs> I like that prediction. Bijou Phillips and Danny Masterson, <laughs> I give it two years. No, it's never going to last. She'd go on Raya over Tinder. Good point. Okay, what's the next question? This is our next and final question for the night. No mobile phone. <clears throat> Why are you talking normal? Sorry, I was, no mobile I was trying to laugh. No, I was trying not to laugh. <laughs> Shane was making me laugh just before. That's okay. No mobile phone, no social media. Would you go back in time to live without it? I feel like I would be useless in a lot of ways without um, the easy access to information that we have. And let's be honest, like there's bad things about social media and phones and internet and whatever but it is pretty amazing like it levels the playing field if you think of people who don't maybe have the money or the ability to do things like go to university learn how to fix cars do literally anything you can learn all this by yourself on the freaking internet it is incredible and that's what i love it for like i just think of like cooking and taking care of babies what it has done for me no seriously is alex a good mom <laughs> no but you think about it and here I, is I, an iphone 13 <laughs> take care no. of it but like i talk to my mom and her friends all the time they're like oh man if i knew that this many women were going through this too you know my postpartum experience could have been happier i would have done this differently in my parenting journey whatever and i meet women all the time who say things like that and I'm so grateful at this point in my life for 
what the internet and social media has afforded me in like giving me that sense of community for so many things, like for lupus diagnosis, for um, babies, everything that I would say no. Like I, if I don't want to live with it, then I'll, I lack the, I sorry, I don't lack the control. I have the control, I think, to minimize my phone time if I wanted to or just move out to the country and start farming. Yeah, I don't know. Phone is the only stuff I'm good at. The only stuff I'm good at is... Phone is the only <laughs> stuff I'm good at. It's definitely not English. N- no. You know what I meant, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I can't do anything except stuff in my mind. And my phone is like a part of my mind. <laughs> <laughs> well said, babe. No, yeah. but really, like phone no, has I, changed I, my life. I get you. I... <laughs> And look, like, you know, we're having this because of phone in a way, because the <laughs> internet is phone. It's phone. Because we're not talking about just the, the, you know, the phone my grandma has. We're talking about the internet. Yeah. Smartphone. Smartphone. Shane's going to start the cult of smartphone. Cult of phone. What? The church of phone. Just the way that you were saying phone. Because of phone, I have done this. It's like, because of God, I have done this. More people knew what I was talking about when I was talking weird than <laughs> me listening to you right now. <laughs> Okay. Hey, everyone. What an episode. Bit of a shorter one, but that's not to say it wasn't as good because it was the best. I think it was fun. Now, what you need to do is go over to This Family Tree on wherever you listen, Spotify, Apple, and give us a five-star rating, a comment. Imagine you give us a comment. I'd love it. It'd make my week. Anyway, thank you so much for listening to This This Family Family Tree Tree Podcast. Podcast, episode 182.